Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from Him today. So please enjoy. First, I want to just start this off by thanking um, Pastor Deb and Pastor Matt for this honor and this privilege to be up here and speak to you today. And I have to say that I have never met pastors that have given so sacrificially and so selflessly to the body and the entire community, and I honor you for that. I deeply honor you for that. Thank you. And then the second most important person in my life, only second to God, is my husband of 23 years, Cliff. He's a... He has really demonstrated the love of God to me over and over again. Thank you. So I'm like, a, like when the Spirit of God falls on me, I cry. So I'm going to make no, I'm just going to tell you that up front, right? <laughs> and uh, I make no uh, apologies for that. So uh, a little bit of my background. I've been in, I was in some aspect of the law enforcement for about 32 years, a criminal justice system. I started as a police dispatcher, um, a corrections officer, a corrections supervisor, a part-time police officer, a probation and parole agent. Um, I ended my career with the state of Wisconsin as an investigator for the public defender's office. Somewhere along that way, um, I really felt God leading me um, to become ordained, and I really felt that he was sending me to a ministry school. And uh, he said, no, I'm actually sending you to UWSP at uh, 43 years old to get your degree and then go to UW-Madison to get your master's degree to be a counselor. So I will tell you that God and I argued about that several times. (laughs) And uh, I surrendered. Just he used that whole aspect of my life to bring me to where I am today. So I'm going to introduce you to the Kozhikowski and Cotney clan um, if the pictures come up. So this is our daughter Kendra, our son-in-love Paul, and our two uh, grandchildren, Emily and Blake. Uh, we are missing one here, Seth, but this is our son Todd, um, our daughter-in-law Felicia, daughter-in-love, and then we have Samuel, Emma, and Autumn. Seth stayed home to watch the kids. Okay, from left to right, our son Adam, Paul, Kendra, and them. Our daughter Erin in the middle. Um, and her husband Ryan, our two grandkids there. And Cliff and I. Ellie and Jack, sorry. And then this is our son Jeff. He just took over command at the Air Force Base in Iowa, um, working his way to... Um, a five-star general, a general, a full-bird colonel, there you go. Um, Our granddaughter, Brianna, Ethan, daughter-in-love, Lisa, and then Nate. Um, We lost our grandson, Saul. He has graduated to heaven. And let's see, I think I might have one more of a grandson. Oh, our grandson, Eric, out on the boat. My husband and I are avid outdoors people. Uh, I'm not going to say that I outfish or out hunt anybody because that just wouldn't be right. <laughs> okay, so my testimony today is titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. 
God is so faithful, even when I am not. God is, what? Oh my goodness, we have some more family. Sorry. How could I? This is our son, Tony and Cody. There you go. A little bit of nervousness, you know. Our two other grandsons. <laughs> I told you there was a clan, right? I'm like, time, time. So this is Colson and Jackson having a raspberry puppet time. I think I got everybody now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I just want to acknowledge my mom and dad, too, because um, they made it a priority. Young family, struggling, and yet uh, we were all raised in a parochial school, which gave us all a base. So thanks, mom and dad. Okay, back to the message. Great is thy faithfulness. He is faithful. He is steadfast, even when we are not. I have that scripture in a room on a wall in my house to remind me of that. It comes from Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore, therefore, I have hope. My hope isn't in this world. My hope isn't in my children and grandchildren getting their act together, right? My hope fast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And here's a great part. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. In this crazy world we live in, those scriptures keep me grounded. They keep my hope in him and in no one and nothing else but him. When I was asked to share today, it was a great honor um, because I love to share about God's faithfulness. I love to brag about my God. Revelations 12:11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. With that said, I get nervous. And then I was like, oh, I'm a therapist now, licensed clinical social worker. You talk for a living. This won't be a problem. But then I remembered... No, I'm a therapist. You're supposed to listen. You just talk too much, right? <laughs> we have this saying as a therapist called, wait, why am I talking, right? Um, so my husband and I, when we minister to people, we just say this. We're just the donkey he rides in on. This isn't about me. This is about him. Uh, let's pray. Father, I pray for hearts to burn for a desire to know you, to really, really know you, and to pursue a relationship, to understand that you really are the pursuer, and we just need to stop and open our hearts to you and our lives to create that personal, relational history with you, one of admiration, love, devotion, and trust. I ask for personal encounters for everyone here and everyone listening online today. Let your words, Lord, pierce hearts and ignite the spirit within. Blow away the chaff that I've mixed up in here so they only hear what you want heard. Thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was raised Lutheran. I went to a Lutheran grade school, and for me, it was something we did on Sundays. I knew of God, but I didn't know God. Uh, Pastor Matt talked a few weeks ago about how encounters actually change you. 
And I remember even as a young kid on Christmas Eve, we would go to candlelight service and it was, there was just so much peace and so much comfort. I realize now that that was the spirit of God wooing me. Um, didn't recognize it then though because I was a kid, but that encounter um, will play a huge role later in my life. Fast forward, <clears throat> I was married. We just had our second child and I found out that my husband was having an affair. That was devastating. <clears throat> it was later revealed that he was physically abusing our children, was later convicted of felony child abuse, and uh, had attempted to be inappropriate with other family members. I was at work when I heard that last part, and I lost it. I hit my breaking point. Enough was enough. I had so much anger and rage in me, I couldn't even stay at work. And uh, at the time, we had a caseworker involved with the children who deemed it necessary and appropriate for my now ex-husband to have the children and take them to Milwaukee because, after all, I was working and the kids should be with one of the parents. And so the deal was that if I called the kids and they said, Mom, I want to come home, that he would meet me halfway, and there would be no argument, that's what would happen. So I left work, mad, angry, and uh, called my kids. And my son, probably about six years old at that time, said, Mama, I, I want to come home. I said, okay, sweetie, put your daddy back on the line. I said, you heard him, he wants to come home. I'm in my car, I'll meet you right now. There was some rustling with the phone. My son got back on, he said, no, mama, I'm okay, I'm okay. I said, okay, honey, put daddy back on the phone. I said, you heard him, I'm coming to meet you. He said, no, you're not coming to get the kids, and he hung up on me. Well, that probably wasn't a good thing to do because now I was really upset and mama bear took over. So I drove back home, and I got my gun, and I was heading back to Milwaukee to get my kids. Mind you, this was Christmas Eve, and all week, the Lord had been working in my heart, drawing me to a Christmas Eve service. And so when I hit Highway 10, I could go left to Milwaukee or I can go right to the Lutheran church behind Fleet Farm that was having, you guessed it, a Christmas Eve candlelight service. I don't remember what the pastor was talking about. I didn't talk to anybody. I went into the church and I was like, God, you have to take this from me. I can't do this anymore. And he did. I walked out of there without that anger and without that rage. And I'd like to tell you that uh, I then decided to dig into my relationship with the Lord and uh, get serious about that, but I didn't because the pressure was off, right? I didn't feel that intense pressure anymore and so Life went about as normal because my relationship was with God at that point was like that genie in the bottle, you know? Just rub that bottle like, this is what I need, God. Surely you're God and surely you're going to give it to me. That's not how it works. 
It doesn't work that way. Uh, but that's the way I was then. That was my understanding, or should I say lack of understanding with him. So fast forward, I'm remarried to a wonderful God, a wonderful godly man. Sorry. <laughs> He's first, right? I'm married to a wonderful godly man, husband, father, um, we met in jail. That's a whole nother story. We're not even going to talk about that. No, actually, he was a role lieutenant and I was a corporal in the jail, so we had to arrange for transports. Um, anyway, he was out of state hunting one time, and his cousin and also best friend had um, graduated to heaven after a, a battle, a courageous battle with cancer. And since he was out of state, I thought, well, I should probably, I should probably go to the funeral, right? So I'm at the funeral, and this pastor said, you can have a personal relationship with God. And I was like, what? I had never heard this before. Are you kidding me? And that became my decision to pursue a relationship with God. I had never heard that before, and I needed to know, was this a God that I could trust for myself and my family and my children. So I told my husband about it and I said, well, the next week, the kids and I are going to go. You want to come with us? And he said, no, have fun with that. Um, he had been raised in the Catholic Church and um, it was, he felt it wasn't about relationship and neither one of us were going to church at that time. So I went with the boys, we came home, they thought it was excellent, talked to dad, come with us next week, and I think a couple days later in the mail we got a letter from that pastor um, that seemed authentic and genuine, and he said, okay, let's go. So the next week we went, and um, people were like raising their hand. And we were like, hmm, <laughs> a very new experience to us, something we had not experienced. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't long before we were raising our hands right along with them. Because when you know God, you just can't help but raise your hands and worship and surrender. Um, we had a blended family at that time, as you have seen. And um, our first marriage was rough with a capital R, rough. Um, we both were like, why did we get married again? But here's the deal. Cliff was here. I was here. God was here. As we made God a priority, we grew together. Right? Matthew 6.33 is a scripture we put into practice. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Our lives changed because we made him a priority. We made him the center of our marriage. Um, my daughter in love last, when we were in Iowa, we were walking and she took me on the prayer, prayer walk. And in Iowa, they have these hedge balls. And she showed me how she would just hold them in her hands and pray and then toss them in the woods as if prayers were constantly going up to the Lord. And, and she said this, she said, you know, when you put a destination in your GPS and you plug that in, you don't take your own path. You follow the GPS. The Holy Spirit is our GPS. I block the signal sometimes. Okay, let's be honest, a lot of times, right? But he's faithful. He is faithful. 
Great is thy faithfulness to bring me back on course. One of the greatest longings and desires that shaped my walk was I needed to trust him. I needed to know that I could trust him with my family. And Peter's cry in Mark 24, or 9, 24 says, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. I believe, Lord, help my unbelief was a good prayer for me. But with each encounter, I can tell you now that no one can convince me that God is not real. I have too much of a history with them. I have way too many encounters. Intimacy. In to me see. That's what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the God, the only God of the universe says. Into me see. Arms wide open. Right? And my response to that is, Yep, into me see too. All of them broke, broken, yucky places, right? I wanted to share a few encounters um, that I had with the Lord, and um, I keep a journal of these. And when I'm struggling, I go back and I read that again and again and again. Um, I'm an avid hunter, as I said, I'm in the woods. I'm in my deer stand. I'm in nature. And I feel really close to God there. We have a lot of conversations. And I'm sitting in my stand one day, hoping I shoot a bigger book than everybody. No, and, and um, I'm like, I hear an owl hooting off in the distance. And I said, oh, Papa God, that's what I call him. Papa God, that would be so cool if you brought that owl over to me. And he, and so I, then I'm hunting, right, watching. And he flies this owl, and I'm in my stand, and it lands on a branch above me, and it goes. <laughs> and I go, oh! <laughs> that was so awesome. I'm like, wait, no one's going to believe me. I'm saying this in my mind, because it's hunting. Shh. And I pull out this picture, and I'm like, shh, shh. there's the owl. There's the owl. If he does it for me, I guarantee you he'll do it for you. Um, yeah. I wept like a baby after that. Um, there's another instance. My husband and I were in a meeting. Psalm 91.4 says, He'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll find refuge. Refuge. Under his wings, you'll find refuge. And we're sitting in this meeting, and it's getting tense. And nobody has a down jacket on, and there's no feathers to be found. And Cliff is here, and I am here. And I kid you not, down comes a feather and lands right on the table in front of us. We look at each other, smile. We always do this thing like fist bump and then point to God. And the people were looking at us like, I think they've lost their mind. It went well. It went very well. Um, I was on a mission trip to Honduras with one of my older boys, and we were in a bus, and I was supposed to be watching over all these teenagers, right? And we're stand park. Two guys drive up on a motorcycle. One has an Uzi in the back, and they execute someone in front of us. And the bus takes bullets here, that tap on the kid's legs, and the windshield is shot through, and two girls were sitting right here. 
Nobody was injured. And um, we talk about the prayer language. If this confuses you, come and see me later. But I will tell you, there was no doubt I had the baptism of the Holy Spirit at that moment because it was just flowing out of me. And I look, and one of our kids is crawled on the seat wanting to look out the window. So I have to go grab him down. So we still went into these villages to minister. And the person that's driving on this van, now remember, I'm a trained observer, right? And I'm sitting in the back. This guy's driving. And I feel, first of all, I get tense. And he looks away, and he locks the car door. And I'm like, what? And there was guys blocking the road. Well, I started praying. The guys left. But now I'm supposed to walk the streets of this strange with these teenagers. And so I was like, Lord, in this moment, I don't know if it was in my mind or what, but an angel appeared. And I don't mean just like this flying little thing in a white thing. I mean like, I, like, whoo, like I could see his waist. As far up as I looked, that's all I could see. I could not see the rest of them. I'm telling you, we like marched up. <laughs> it was so great. We led so many people to the Lord. Scripture confirms that he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all the ways, Psalm 91.11. Here's another scripture I have on the wall in my home. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. That little pause make you nervous? That little pause, like, you want to know why? Because we are so busy in this world. We have bought in the lie. That night commercial, just do it and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going and run yourself ragged and multitask all the time. I, I, I haven't found it in the word of God, by the way. What I have found is, be still and know that I am God. You have to be quiet. You have to become still because the world is screaming. And oftentimes he's a whisper. Our history, our encounters with God, our deepening of our faith, our roots going deep are going to take place when we're still, when we take time to open his word, when we take time to worship him. I have conversations with God all the time. I have a notebook and I write in blue. Then I change the pen to red and I say, but what do you have to say, Lord? Right? Become a living psalms. What is the living psalms? They lament. They share their struggles, but they always end on the faithfulness and the goodness of God. It always ends on the promises. Why? Because you will empower what you focus on. You can't have a relationship with anybody you don't spend time with. When I'm quiet, when I'm still, I hear that still, small voice. It's not audible so everybody hears it's within. And oftentimes, it sounds maybe even like my voice, but it always aligns with the word of God. Here's another thing. We do a lot of talking to God or talking at God. 
but we don't do a lot of listening. When do we ask him his thoughts? What he would pray? You know, he is the word of God. Anybody know that? That means he has something to say about it. And if he's silent, I go back to the history I made with him. And oftentimes I'm finding that I'm dragging my feet on something he spoke to me way back then. And he's a patient, loving God waiting for me. Not every be still moment is this amazing encounter, but it's an encounter none the same because I spent time with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he was present with me. I've had some dark nights of the soul and yesterday when I was in my deer stand, I thought I need to add this because it's important. In your present suffering, what are you most tempted to fixate on? Is it the apparent unfairness of your situation? Why am I so afflicted when my friends aren't? Is it the unlenting physical pain? Is it the emotional pain? The grief that your loved ones must suffer? The fact is, I can go on and on because there's no end in sight. One of the things that I love about Christ is that he doesn't ask you to pretend that you're not in the furnace. Instead, he'll join you in there. He knows it's blazing hot and oppressive and terrifying, and he wants to be in it with us. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. Isaiah 43, 2. Oftentimes, it's going to be very difficult to look past the flood and the flame to get a, pure, a clear view of Jesus. But he's there. He understands. He's tender to our weakness and weariness. He meets us where we are and won't leave us in our pain alone. He's in the fire with you. Another thing that helps my walk and my journey, my relationship with God, is connection with other believers. They help me grow closer to God. They share with me the characteristics, the aspects, the encounters that they have had. And they remind me when I'm struggling. They bring me back to the word. Right? A lot of my encounters also stem from hearing and seeing someone else's testimony. Um, I want to tell you that we can never exhaust God. Ever. Here's another thing. You have to settle in your heart that he is a good, good father. Period. You have to settle that. You can't be wavering on that. He is a good, good father. I remember one time when I was disappointed with God. My sister-in-law was needing a kidney, and um, she had been waiting a long, long time for the transplant, and they finally got the word, hey, we have one but you have to be on a plane and at this location. At the time, my brother's company fired up their personal jet and flew her in, and we were all like, yeah, God, yeah. And then we found out false alarm. And I said, God, what are you doing? How could you let this happen? And I remember... He said to me, Tracy, 
If I did nothing else but give my son to die for you so that your sins would be forgiven and you could live in all of eternity with me, would I still be a good God? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Even if you don't understand God or understand all that he is doing, he is still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Settle in your heart who he is. Settle in, in your heart that he is a good, good father. One of the questions they asked me was, um, what difference has Jesus made in your life? I'm running out of time and I could be here all day. I'm not the same person anymore. I think one of my sons said it well when he said years ago, I saw you and dad change. And then I knew God was real. I knew there was something to this. I'm way less angry. And by the way, that intense rage and anger that he took from me, it came back in my life. Circumstances didn't line the way I should. I thought they should have. Unmet expectations. Look, there's principles in this Bible that you have to follow. I had to forgive for that anger and bitterness to be uprooted. I had to come to him again and again. Here it is again, God. Help me. I can't do this on my own. I talk and connect with other believers. My sisters, my friends, my family. We talk and, and about God and, and what he's doing in our life and encourage each other as well as a church family all the time. We're stronger together. Growth happens through connection and relationships. I write scriptures on rocks that resonate with me. And they're sitting in my windowsills. And some are out around the property. Just as a prayer request to God all the time. I talk with my grandkids. And, and we encounter God together. Um, wasn't too long ago. Our youngest, one of our youngest, not the youngest, but Jackson had said, Grammy? Can we go shoot a deer so we, Grandpa can make some yummy venison? So well, it doesn't really work like that, buddy. So after I convinced him he couldn't come in the stand with me, we prayed. Lord, can you help Grandma shoot a deer? I was in the stand an hour and a half before I filled my tag. I want to help my grandchildren and my children encounter God like that, Right? He's a little guy. That was a win. That was a win. We have to. I want to read this to you too because not all my children and grandchildren are work, walking with the Lord yet. Yet. Deuteronomy 36 says, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul that you may live. Life verse for me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I really like the passion translation of this. Listen here. Trust in the Lord just a little bit. Trust in the Lord completely and do not Rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you in every decision you make. 
Become intimate into me, see, with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment you know it all. For wisdom comes, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Great is thy faithfulness. What brought us to refuge? We needed a refuge. We had experienced church hurt after praying and forgiving. We felt guided to leave that church so there was no division in the body. It was hard because we were deeply connected. We stayed away from church for a while and realized we can't do this on our own. Who are we fooling? So we came here. But you know, we're trained observers, so we sat back and observed. (laughs) And you know what we saw? We saw a leadership team that was authentic, that cultivated a culture of honor, a leadership that gave their all, all the time. That inspires me. A leadership team that not only lived, but demonstrated demonstrated what they taught right from the Bible. A leadership team that was genuine, authentic, lead pastors that served 24-7 and are truly examples to all of us on how we should live and how we should serve as Christians selfishly because there's a whole world out there that needs to know his faithfulness. A leadership team that believes in raising up a generation to live and to share their faith. And I can go on and on. But the bottom line, this is our home. And you're our people. I lead people encounters with God all the time. There's nothing special about me. Degree or no degree. You know what we do? We be still. And I ask him to come. And I ask him to minister to their heart because in the end, I'm just the donkey he rides in on. And it's, I don't even say amen before the tears come because he longs to des- and desires to connect with all of you. Can everyone bow their heads? What about you? Do you know of God? Maybe today's the first time you've heard that you can have a personal relationship with him. If that's you with no eyes looking around and you want to start that today, would you lift up your hand? Now's the time. Don't wait any longer. Just lift up your hand so I could see it. Thank you. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I never was intended to. 
but oh, I've tried. I lived on my own, my own wisdom. Forgive me, Lord. I surrender and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to know you more. In Jesus' name. Thank you for your time this morning. Can we all rise and worship the Lord? Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today. We hope that this message spoke to you in a very meaningful way and that you were able to connect with the Lord. And hey, if you made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, we are first and foremost just so happy for you and we would love to get connected with you. So if you want to find some more of our content and find out how to get connected with us, feel free to check out our website at wearerefuge.net. Be blessed and have an amazing rest of your day.